This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladinsami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. It's Saturday morning, and welcome to America's Roundtable. We're so glad that you joined us this morning and this weekend on America's Roundtable. Natasha Sardorch and I are delighted to welcome former U.S. Congressman Dave Brad, who represented Virginia's 7th District, now serves as Vice Provost for Engagement and Public Relations at the Liberty University. And while in Congress, Dr. Dave Brad served on the Budget, Education, and Small Business Committees, and he chaired the Subcommittee on Economic Growth, Tax, and Capital Access. He was a member of the Virginia Board of Accountancy and served as president of the Virginia Association of Economists. And without any further delay, we welcome our distinguished guest on America's Roundtable, a great American, former Congressman Dave Brad. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Dave. Hey, morning, Joel, Natasha. And, and I take no responsibility for the budget committee <laughs> and the $2 trillion deficits. I was only responsible for $1 trillion, And I voted no against all those. It was terrible. Well, before we get into the budget talks, which is certainly something that we'll definitely, you know, we'll cover in great detail. Yeah. Uh, I just returned from an extended trip to Eastern Europe and as far as Turkey. Right. And it's certainly great to be back on American soil. And we are truly blessed to have the U.S. Constitution as a bedrock, yeah. the foundation of our American Republic. Yeah. And on September 17, 1787, the delegates to the Constitutional Convention met for the last time to sign the document they had created. 39 brave and courageous men signed the document. And Congressman Brad, you have spoken eloquently about this foundational document, yeah. the Rule of Law and Freedom Charter of America. And why should our fellow Americans take time to make sure that the next generation understands the significance yeah. of this document? And what are institutions such as Liberty University doing to train a new generation of leaders yeah. about this great document, the U.S. Constitution? Yeah, well, the re reason uh, that people ought to pay attention to that question, I'm going to give you the real answer, is because they cannot answer the question, where did the world come from and what is the meaning of my life? without presupposing a creator and a God. And that God is the God that undergirds our tradition, but also that constitution. The rights uh, that are enumerated only come from God. And I, you know, I used to teach history of thought. I know all the philosophers and John Locke and James Madison who wrote the constitution. And uh, there were enlightenment thinkers. The enlightenment thinkers have zero followers right now. And even the other world religions do not have a rights tradition. It only came out of the Judeo-Christian tradition. And so it, it's not about claiming superiority. It's about claiming fact. And so why should people care? Uh, because all the rights that you take for granted, uh, some of them have been just made up out of whole cloth, right? The, in the back of the United Nations tables and the World Bank, they just make up a thousand rights. 
Well, no, if, if those rights only come from God, they can only be the rights to come from God. And originally there were life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the three negative rights that don't have to be provided by anybody. And so I could go on and on and on, but you know, that's what we try to do here. Liberty, uh, we take that tradition seriously. Uh, it's an empirical matter as well. Everything I'm saying, you can go check and you're founding, uh, the, the constitution that uh, Witherspoon, a president at Princeton seminary, where I went trained in 15% of the signers of the declaration mm. trained in wow. not one course trained them in. So there's your historical tidbit for the day that matters. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, right. Actually, you mentioned budget talks, uh, Dave. Yeah. Uh, if there is no agreement by September 30th about next yeah. fiscal year spending, we may experience a government shutdown yeah. since federal funds are set to run out by September 30th. Uh, this would mean closing of national parks and furloughing hundreds of thousands of federal workers while critical services would continue to function. Uh, in order to avoid the government shutdown, House and Senate leaders of both parties are looking to pass a continuing resolution, a legislation that would extend current funding levels for a few months until both chambers can reach an agreement on spending levels for the yep. next fiscal year. Yep. So the House Freedom Caucus has certain demands before voting for a continuing resolution, including attaching border security bill, addressing politicization of the Justice Department, yep. and addressing military policies, yep. among yep. others. Uh, Dave, as a lawmaker, you were in a similar position of negotiating spending priorities. Yep. Could you analyze for us the current budget talks and your advice to balance the budget on the long run? Oh, you'll like this one because it's very simple. The answer has <laughs> nothing to do with the budget whatsoever. Uh, when I was there, things were different. The thing that's unique this time is Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House and leadership and the Republican conference all voted in agreement a few months ago at the debt ceiling. Uh, agreement right. that they would deal with the budget and all those promises a border bill, uh, the that returning back to 2022 levels, no money to Ukraine and and uh, weaponizing of government, taking on the uh, Justice Department's CIA, FBI. All of that was agreed to. And the conference voted yes. And there was a four trillion dollar clip that was agreed to. But then McCarthy went up to the White House for the debt ceiling increase debate and gave it away. Hmm. But he agreed that in exchange for that, he would keep his word right now at appropriations time. And so it's just very simple matter. It's not about shutting down parks or this or that. It's the matter of one man's word and one man's integrity uh, at this point in time. Is he going to keep his word that he made in public? Everybody knows it was on the full display for everyone to see on C-SPAN. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's contentious, uh, but a few parks and all this shutdowns is nothing in comparison with $50 trillion in debt, right. which is CBO numbers, 10 years out, 5% interest rate. That equates to $2.5 trillion a year just in interest payments on the debt. $2.5 trillion. Mm. That's half of the $5 trillion budget that I used to oversee on Congress. So it's a disaster. 
Right. And actually, on the economic uh, front, a yep. uh, consumer price index climbed by 0.6% in August from July, which was an increase of 3.7% year on year. Uh, gasoline prices, which accelerated in yep. August, accounted for more than half of the increase in the CPI. So gasoline prices increased by 10.6% in August after climbing by just 0.2% in July. Uh, Dave, uh, since Fed's inflation target is 2%, yeah. And the annual CPI is currently at 3.7%. Should we expect another Fed's increase of the interest rate? And what is the likelihood of another interest rate increase leading to major slowdown of the economy and causing a recession? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, if, if you want a, a good look at that, go out to Brat Economics on Getter. I got a chart from Larry Summers, right, on the left, Treasury's, Tre- mm. Treasury Secretary for the Democrats, uh, World Bank uh, leader president of Harvard, Harvard Economics. And he's got an inflation chart showing a, a, an inflation cycle about 20, 30 years ago that looks very similar to the cycle, around, almost identical. Uh, but and he has it going way up, uh, upcoming. Uh, so why did he put that up there? Because he's seeing something in there that's not good, right? And so you said the Fed's target is two. Well, the American people's target is zero. Right. That's right. right? Uh, 2% means you lose 2% of your pay and income, whatever, per year in your purchasing power. And so now it went up by half a percent. It's ver- getting back up to four. It should be zero. The Fed is tightening on the one hand, uh, but the fiscal stance, right? Fiscal policy, the government has a $7 trillion budget, which is I- extremely expansionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it- it's all a matter of lags, right? Monetary policy has a lag of about a year to year and a half. And it's right about now. Mm-hmm. And it's very confusing because none of this is you know precise science. And the fiscal policy, the spending is going to be inflationary. It's just a matter of when that fiscal spending kicks in uh, and juices up, you know, GDP. Government spending is counting as GDP, even though government sector productivity is about zero, right, right to 0.5. Private sector productivity is one, one and a half now. And so that's a brief answer. Uh, I, I expect the Fed to probably raise 0.25. I think they should. They need once you put us in the ditch with inflation, you got to end it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You got to end it and then move forward from a steady state e- equilibrium. Right. As you mentioned, uh, the, uh, actually, the unemployment rate rose to 3.8% in August uh, yeah. 2023. Yeah. And actually, they called it a good news, uh, as obviously yeah. <laughs> it's right. because of higher unemployment reduces inflationary yeah. pressures. But what level of the unemployment can we tolerate, uh, you know, before hitting yeah. recession? Or how would you, you know, interpret yeah. those lags in unemployment matters? Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you hit the key idea that matters most that's covered least, and that's the distribution of income and how we treat the least of these, right? Mm-hmm. In, a, in a Judeo-Christian country, my word, right? Inflation takes the biggest bite out of the poor, right? Because they need food and gas and housing, and the rich don't get hit. And then Wall Street rejoices anytime there's bad news for the labor market, mm. Right. And so there's all sorts of, you know, the labor market softening and uh, the quit rates and all these other kinds of uh, measures of where, where the labor market are, are getting are getting tougher on the poor, uh, not better. And they're rejoicing because, oh, that'll help inflation. Well, that's all true. Uh, but no one's got human beings in their in their sights anymore. Mm. <clears throat> and so that's why you're going to see a political realignment uh, that takes into account the, the Fed's mandate. Uh, should be just to take care of the economy and keep prices stable, 
right? It shouldn't be all this unemployment stuff that they, they've been cheating on those numbers too. That's well understood right now, right? The last three revisions have all gone at the government's way uh, for favorable news reporting. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, in, inflation's coming back somewhat. I wouldn't go crazy on my forecast there, but I think there's solid inflationary pressures. They're trying to hurt the working class <clears throat> to solve the problem I- instead of taking other measures like changing the structure of the economy, bringing down the debt and providing jobs for the poor, right. which I would suggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On another very important topic that we talked about just before we started recording, Congressman Brad, we have discussed with you earlier about the crisis yeah. on the U.S. southern border since President yeah. Biden entered the White House in January 2021. And the Biden administration reversed good policies and just opened our borders. Estimates suggest that there are 11 to 13 million Mexican citizens currently yeah. living in the yeah. United States illegally. And on top of that, reports suggest that in the last 30 months, over 6 million illegal aliens were apprehended crossing yep. the U.S. southern border with more than half of them just being released into American communities. In fact, a CNN report actually reported that a smuggler with ties to ISIS helped migrants enter U.S. from Mexico, raising alarm bells across the government. And there are also concerns about Chinese nationals that were apprehended in 2022. Uh, Actually, the original number was uh, in a few thousand to now 17,894 Chinese nationals caught yep. at the poorest border in 2023. Yeah. Now, you know, as we all know, military divisions are consisting of three to four brigades and includes yep. 10 to 15,000 soldiers. I mean, we're looking at an invasion here. Yeah. And Gatestone Institute senior fellow Gordon Chang stated, I quote, I think we're going to see acts of sabotage, assassinations, detonations of bombs, starting wildfires, and the yeah. Biden administration is paying no attention to this at all, unquote. Congressman Brett, what should elected officials at the state and federal level do about this perceived invasion of America? Yeah, well, it's not only Biden. It's all the folks uh, that pay attention to the donors who want cheap labor. And uh, this is nothing new to me. I ran on this in 14. You're right. My, kind of a major election and a harbinger of things to come in some ironic way. Uh, and so, you know, the saying back then and five years ago was every, every state is now a border state. That's right. Every city now is now a border city. New York City is outraged. Uh, and the, again, where are the liberals? I used to like liberals. I'd argue with liberals at lunch <laughs> every day, man. We'd have a crash out debates and leave laughing and we we're friends. But the liberals are mm-hmm. gone except for RFK Jr. And so there's a liberal who cares about trafficking and drugs and fentanyl and little girls being stolen from their families in in huge numbers and drug cartels that are so scary that even our military force don't want to mix it up down there. And he's telling the story, right? So he's old liberal, right? There's your old Kennedy liberal who cares about international relations, the workers, the poor. So go go listen to him. I hope that's more helpful than, you know, if, if I can't get the message through, maybe he can. Uh, but everything you said, all the stats are true. Uh, it's not uh, Chang has everything right always, but the he should not have said the, the Biden uh, administration isn't looking there. This is part of a strategy, mm-hmm. right? It's a cheap labor strategy. <clears throat> and it's also, you know, putting tremendous tolls on all the services that go to our ports, lowering the wage rates of our black, brown, uh, and blue collar workers. 
Uh, it's hurting all the wrong people as, as usual. And it's helping the rich. And so it's the same old story. That's why we're getting a political realignment. Hmm. Right. And also, Dave, you mentioned earlier about misreporting or s stats that are really not yeah. working. Yeah. So there's another thing that last time when we talked to you, you brought up an unusual discrepancy in the economic growth. Yeah. Uh, since we yeah. can measure the economic growth in two different ways, yeah. as an aggregate spending of the economy yeah. right. or as an aggregate income of the economy, yeah. those two figures should be the same. Right. Right. However, this, this discrepancy persisted, yeah. and namely adjusted for inflation, GDP has risen by 2.5% in 12 months through June, while GDI, which measures income, has fallen right. by 0.5%. Right. And that's a big, big difference. <laughs> that's 3% yeah. difference. Yes. Why is that happening? What figures should we trust? Well, <laughs> there you got it. You nailed, you nailed the right question. Who do you trust these days, right? The speaker gave his word on a budget uh, deal. Uh, the Labor Department's been posting bogus numbers. Uh, the FBI and the CIA, we had Russiagate for three years in a row. It was all false. 51 of our national intelligence experts signed off on Russiagate. It was a fraud and a lie. And the American people are very concerned about this truthfulness, right? So on the on the economic figures, I think, the, you know, I've read other pieces. That's all. The, the, the issue you just covered is out at, at zero hedge. Uh, who puts out just chart after chart after chart, a lot of them Federal Reserve data. And so they will find the inconsistencies be between these stories, right? So I've got them out on uh, on Brat Economics if you want to go search them a little more easily. Or you can find them at uh, Zero Hedge. And those guys do a good job every day. They just posted five charts yesterday on the softening labor market mm -hmm. uh, that you can check out at home as well. And I, I hope you all educate your kids. On, on this stuff because it's there we're leaving them a disaster of, right. an, of an economy and so yeah there's a discrepancy mm -hmm. i i think they're fudging it right it most people feel across the entire united states that they're already living in a recession right they're getting hit they can't pay the bills uh they're they're living paycheck to paycheck uh, their credit cards are up a trillion and a half dollars the average interest rate on a credit card is 20 percent, and on and on right so that that's mm -hmm. what i would trust is your gut Yes. And in fact, uh, mm -hmm. Congressman uh, Brad, as we come to a conclusion here, uh, you folks at Liberty University are doing a great job yeah. in training and educating a new generation of leaders. And uh, yeah. in the next few weeks, you're planning to host a major summit engaging business leaders across America and from around the world. Right. And could you share your right. vision with our listeners and how business leaders can perhaps join you all at sure. Liberty University? Yeah, yeah. We're having a CEO summit, you know, C-suite people, HR, especially to hire our students. Uh, doctors' offices, lawyers' offices, business, people who share our values, love God, country, family, Liberty University. Uh, we got uh, Secretary Pompeo coming, Senators Rubio, Rand Paul, uh, CEOs of major firms you heard of, uh, and just a, bu a bunch of, you know, former Secretary of Defense, former Attorney General, I could go down the list, right? Just a bunch of great Americans uh, who you'll love to hear from. October 10 to 12, you Western Michigan, you guys are growing your show so fast. I can't keep track of where you're at. Western Michigan people, I went to college. I'm one of you. I'm from there. Uh, so get down here to Liberty. You'll fit in just great. And uh, it's it's a networking thing for Christian CEOs and business people who share the same values. And we kind of already pre-vet, right? So you're meeting leaders at high levels uh, who, who have shared values. Well, what can be better than that? So that's the vision. Uh, it's God's vision. 
and I'm just trying to do my little part in building it like you guys do. Absolutely. And we truly appreciate Wonderful. your engagement with our listeners from Michigan, the Midwest, and the South. Good. They're all tuning into you and appreciate your clear insights, Good. your analysis, and we'll certainly uh, encourage them to visit your website and learn more about Good. economics and free enterprise yeah. and the yeah. importance of economic liberty. Yeah. For that, for that, you can just go to Liberty University CEO Summit, CEO Summit 23, right? And, that, and you'll find you'll find the stuff. Mm. Yeah. Excellent. Congressman Dave Brad represented Virginia's 7th District and is serving as Vice Provost at the Liberty University. We truly appreciate your continued leadership and thank you once again for joining us on America's Roundtable. All right. God bless you, Joel and Natasha. Thank you so much, Dave. And we miss you as a lawmaker. Yeah, I miss you guys. We'll get together soon. Good. <laughs> okay. Keep up your great work. All right. Thank you. See you guys. See you. Thank you, Dave. Blessings. Blessings. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. An initial of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Jolan Insami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Sardorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com, americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com.